Welcome to the latest Pink Podcast in the Pink Elephant Podcast Series, dedicated to leading the way in IT management best practices. Welcome to ITIL in a Heartbeat, part three of four with IT management consultant Bill Irvine. Change management, using standard methods for doing this stuff. It feels like bureaucracy if you don't apply it appropriately. But recognize that change does happen. You can either choose to ignore it and not address it within your process, or you can choose to develop a process that encompasses all change. And that includes encouraging the people in the data center to uh, sign up for the amnesty program and uh, start talking about what they really do from a change perspective on a daily basis and consider those standard changes, give them a license to do those changes, approved by the change manager, and reduce the whole red tape factor. The perception is that if I raise a change request, I'm going to have everybody and their mother all over me, and all I'm going to do is open up a port on this router for five minutes. I'm not going to raise a change request for that. Well, that's because we put them through the ringer. It's more advantageous to have that change request documented and defined and pre-approved so that they can do it whenever they like because it's one of the things they do as part of their normal job and at least have the record in the system. And we make it easier for them just to say one more of these, one more of these. You know, a one key change request on your ticketing system or your change management system. The bigger benefit comes from if you've got all of that data, where do we go when something goes wrong? immediately go to our change request system. Okay, what changed? If you don't capture all of that change, you're not really getting that full picture. The deeper and bigger benefits from change management, though, are obviously related to improved risk assessment. Uh, there's 70 to 80% failure of change uh, within the IT industry as a whole. We only could impact half of that by doing a better job of risk assessment and analyzing conflict and understanding which services might be impacted or affected, we're going to make a huge difference to our customers. So use change management to really uh, address that risk, to apply the control so that things don't happen within the environment that you don't have at least an understanding of, and use change management to assess the potential impact of some of the changes. The definition is it results in a new status for a configuration item. That's the, that's the bottom line. Something's changing from a CMDB standpoint. Some of the activities, change logging and filtering. As a change manager, the filtering was basically called no. <laughs> uh, but what you're trying to do there is capture as much information as possible and then filter out the changes that don't meet the standards or criteria. Allocating the priority, typically based on how you're doing from a problem perspective, Categorizing it, is this a standard change like I talked about? Is it a minor, significant, major change? You define what's involved there, but it's more about the resource levels and the risk levels. Uh, change approval, who's going to approve these things? And I talked to endless companies where you know, there's 20 people on the approval list. And they said, well, yeah, all of these people have got to approve it. And you don't do the change until they've signed off? Nope. And you can see them going in the ops room going, going down the list, approving all of these changes with no interest whatsoever in the content. Not everybody needs to be an approver. There's lots of different types of uh, tasks that you can assign, like informational tasks or things that won't get in the way of the workflow and make it feel like it's bureaucratic. Uh, change scheduling, uh, making sure that 
you're not going to have these conflicts where the network guys meet the applications guys in the lobby of the data center on a Saturday morning. Never good when I see the network guys here when I'm trying to implement my new changes to the service. What are you doing? Oh, we're taking the network down all day. Oh, good. <laughs> so avoiding those conflicts that you typically see from a change perspective and minimizing the potential risks by having very light changes that you can't identify the differentiation. Coordination of building, testing, and implementing. We're going to talk about release management being responsible for the building, testing, implementing. Change management is responsible for coordinating that effort. Not necessarily implementing the change, but coordinating and controlling who gets to do it and when. Typically, again, one of the, uh, the confusion points between change and release, we've smooshed that stuff together and we kind of do it all at once, but there is a very definitive process-based difference between change and release management. And then one of the biggest benefits out of change management is to actually go back and look at the ones that you've done. Even if you think they worked because at the point of implementation there wasn't smoke coming out of it, whatever it is that you were changing, there is typically, again, in the background, the potential for incidents to be happening related to your new change. You fixed what you were thought was broken, but what you didn't see was two or three days later there was a start. Incidents started to happen related to what you implemented. So make sure you give some time for a reasonable post-implementation review. Typically, it's the post-implementation review step. One of the things you want to try and do before you would ultimately close a change is to say, have, have all the, the component parts been uh, completed? Like, you know, has the CMDB been updated? Has the documentation been updated? Has training been done? You know, all of those things. But one of those other steps is to actually go and do incident matching and say, have there been any incidents related to this system, this service, this component since I implemented this change? And do some closed loop analysis, if you like, after you've done the change to make sure that there's no new incidents that might be related to what you just did. There's a, there's an, a, a vicious cycle here where you're fixing something with a change, but what it actually does is kick off 10 more incidents that you didn't know you had in the first place. So you're trying to avoid that loop or that vicious chain and turn it into more of a value chain. If you can publish a forward schedule of change to your, uh, to your IT organization and to your customers, when incidents are then being recorded at the service desk, there's typically an immediate ability to do some uh, do some level setting there and say, hey, you know, you did this change at the weekend. You know, what's the busiest day on a service desk? <laughs> Monday morning. You did this change at the weekend. Most of the, the incidents that get recorded on a Monday, you can probably try and align or tie back to some of the change activity. Uh, release management, what you're doing there is taking this holistic view. You're trying to bundle changes. Uh, change impact is increased by slamming them every night into every system. Oh. Here's another change, just let it in there. Every single night of the week you're making changes to every system. It tends to increase the instability. If you can bundle some of these changes together and implement them and test them, uh, or preferably test them and implement them, turn the order around there. If you can test them and implement them and uh, do all that in a bundle, you're going to do a better job of testing and you'll have a more structured implementation rather than just throwing change at the system all the time. Anything you can do 
to pull back and create a release policy here uh, across the development test and uh, live environment, come up with some uh, standardized policies and procedures for how you do that, uh, you will improve service quality overall from a release perspective. And all the time, again, release management talking to your configuration management database, your definitive software library, and your definitive hardware store, which are uh, key parts of the CMDB and the release management structure. You've been listening to part three of ITIL in a Heartbeat. Please join us next week for a new Pink Podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's Pink Podcast. Go to www.pinkelephant.com to find out more about our products, including Atlas, a knowledge database with hundreds of example documents and templates for your IT management best practice projects.